Hello and welcome to this episode of Macro Sutra. I'm TCA Sharad Raghavan, Deputy Editor at The Print. And this time we're going to be discussing the decision of the Monetary Policy Committee, the first such decision after the presentation of the interim budget and what the Monetary Policy Committee has to say about inflation, growth and the outlook for the next year. And to discuss that, we have with us Radhika Pandey, Associate Professor at NIPFP. But before we start, I had an appeal to make before you, which is please do subscribe to the print because it's through these subscriptions that we can bring you the stories from across the country that we've become so good at doing and that you appreciate from us. It also allows us to do discussions like this. But apart from that, it gets you a whole bunch of benefits. For one, it gets you access to our subscriber exclusive webinars where we talk to a whole range of panelists on a wide variety of topics you shouldn't miss out. It also gets you the ability to write in to us in our Your Turn section where we publish your opinion on our portal. And finally, it gives you access to the newsletters that are written by our editors, which come straight to your mailboxes, analyzing the news of the day. This is also not something that you should be missing out on. So please do subscribe. The link is in the description of this video. Thank you. Now let's get on with the discussion. So now Radhika, let's start with first what the MPC, what they decided this time around and regarding the rate and also their stance. Yeah, so on both the rate and the stance, they left it unchanged right. and it was widely expected that uh, given that inflation though has come down mm -hmm. uh, from the highs that we saw in 2022, it is still above the medium term target of 4%. Uh, therefore, uh, RBI would like to maintain a status quo on the policy rate. So right. it has, uh, the RBI's monetary policy committee has decided to keep the policy rate unchanged at 6.5%. There was also some talk that maybe with the elections coming up, they might cut rates just to give a boost, pre-election boost, but that yeah, has not no, happened. Because, you know, growth is still resilient. You know, right. we saw in the first advance estimates, the growth for this financial year is projected at 7.3%. Even for the next financial year, growth is estimated at 7%. So there right. is really no need to give any stimulus in the form of interest rate cuts at this moment because the growth is resilient and um, underpinned by uh, services. Uh, bank credit is going strong. So there was really no need to provide that kind of a stimulus through interest rate cuts. And right. in fact, that could have acted as a premature easing and it could have led to de-anchoring of uh, the household inflation expectation, Absolutely. Uh, which is a very important uh, uh, task of inflation targeting regime that is to anchor the household inflation expectation. So I think to that extent, it was a prudent move to uh, leave the policy rate unchanged as at six and a half percent and the so stance is the, yeah the stance also is left unchanged at withdrawal of accommodation right. again this is uh, uh, in sync with their uh, decision to maintain a status quo on policy rate because they want to maintain some kind of uh, uh, deficit in the uh, liquidity through withdrawal mm -hmm. of accommodation through withdrawal of uh, liquidity so that uh, the uh, interest rate the money market rates remain on the upper side right so that is the reason on uh, so that will again help in uh, aligning the uh, interest rate with the inflation and that will also serve as a measure to counter the rising inflation expectations. Okay, but uh, this time around,
around, I noticed something interesting that this is the sixth time that they have kept rates unchanged, okay. six times in a row. In the last two times, if I remember correctly, the decision was unanimous. Right. But this time around, there was one sole dissenting voice. Five of them said we should keep it unchanged. Right. One said that we should cut it by 25 basis points. Right. Now, do you feel that uh, this in the next few meetings, yes. there might be more people who say that maybe we should consider cutting. There'll be a larger discussion about rate cuts. Yeah. So what the dissent we had already seen earlier was also, but that was on the stance. Yes. Know, Professor Varma had uh, dissented on the stance and he has been saying for like two, three meetings now that the stance should now shift from withdrawal of accommodation to neutral. Right. And that should set the stage for uh, interest rate cuts in the subsequent meeting. So that is how it proceeds. Uh, but again, he was the sole dissenter. And uh, this time on the, rates. Yeah. So Till now, he was the sole dissenter on stance and mm -hmm. now he has progressively moved to being a dissenter not only on the stance but also on the uh, rate that right. he, he voted for a cut in uh, interest rate by 25 basis point uh, because the point here that he is raising is, uh, the, uh, is about the real rate of interest. So, what is mm -hmm. real rate of interest? It is the nominal interest rate that is the policy rate mm -hmm. minus inflation. So, if the real interest rate is uh, very high, it could lead to suppression of demand. So, I see. and it could lead to slowdown in the economy. So, uh, there is this uh, uh, understanding that real rate of interest should not be allowed to rise too much because if we keep the interest rates elevated and if, if inflation edges down uh, progressively, then your real rate of interest, which is the difference between interest rate and inflation, that will increase right. and that will uh, hamper uh, demand and that could lead to uh, some measure of slowdown. So, there is uh, that was his uh, thought process that you know there should be a move to now start cutting interest rate. But most of the other NPC members uh, voted to maintain a status quo on uh, interest rates given that inflation still remains elevated and there are a lot of uncertainties on, on inflation at the current moment. I would, yeah, I was. Actually going to, um, that was my next question on, on inflation and the outlook. It's not certain that this, the real interest rate is actually going to widen, right? Absolutely. Because we don't yet know hmm. with certainty if, inter if, if inflation. inflation is going to fall. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if we look at the food inflation, there mm -hmm. are a lot of headwinds to food inflation because, uh, even if we look at the overall headline inflation till October, it was declining and right. then the trend got reversed in November and December because of the rise in food inflation. And if we talk about the outlook, now there are some positive points, there are some negative points. Positive things is that, you know, the rabi sowing has improved and it has surpassed the last year's uh, level, which is good. Okay. Uh, but the uh, point here is that uh, it could be again, the productivity could be impacted due to the adverse weather events that we are seeing. Absolutely. So, El Nino impact could play a role in, uh, you know, uh, hampering productivity and that could lead to again, some upside risks to food inflation. Mm -hmm. Also, if we look at the daily food price data, which comes from the uh, Department of Consumer Affairs, uh, Ministry of Food, we still see that uh, cereals and uh, uh, pulses price remain elevated. So, even okay. though, you know, there is a seasonal decline in vegetable prices, uh, but cereals and 
pulses still remain elevated. So domestically, these are the problem. And internationally, we see, you know, oil prices, which were showing a downward trend, uh, again have uh, rebounded. There's so Brent, much going on in the world so that affects on, yeah, energy so prices. Brent crude oil is again above $80 per barrel because mm -hmm. of a strong US economy, because of uh, some uh, optimism around the Chinese economy rebound right. in demand and also because of the US uh, military attacks on the at the Middle East and in the, the Red Sea Red area. Sea area. Yeah. Uh, so that is causing some uh, concerns about supply side bottlenecks mm -hmm. leading to an inching of uh, global uh, crude oil prices. And so all these could shape the inflation trajectory in the coming months. So it's very uncertain and right. I think it's a prudent move to wait and watch and not uh, go in for a premature easing of uh, interest rate cuts. Possibly that's why only one, there was one dissenting voice. Yeah, And even globally if we see uh, US, EU, UK, all of them in all these economies inflation has durably declined from the highs of 2022 but over the last few weeks, we have had monetary policy meetings of all these three economies and right. all of them, all these central banks have voted to maintain a status quo. Right. But interestingly, again, in the UK also, there is a dissent. So there is a dissent happening because this uh, trade-off becomes complicated towards the end when mm -hmm. you are, you know, moving as the RBI governor used the term last mile of disinflation. Right. So those things become uh, a bit uh, tricky. But overall, uh, if we see there has been status quo on uh, policy rate, not only by the Indian central bank, but by other global central banks as well. Absolutely. Uh, so now on growth, uh, what is the monetary policy committee saying? What is their outlook? From uh, what I can tell, they seem to have upgraded their outlook for yeah. each quarter as right. compared to what they had said in, in December. December. Yeah, so they have. So overall for FY25, the growth projection is at uh, 7%, mm -hmm. similar to what the finance ministry in its uh, latest review of the economy before the budget. They also said that, you know, it's quite possible that the economy could have a growth rate of 7% in FY25. Right. So the same thing is uh, being echoed by the RBI's projections as well. And each of the quarters, the projection uh, for growth has been uh, raised. So it's mainly because of uh, uh, one is uh, improvement in rabi sowing. Second is, uh, you know, the demand for work under Manrega has gone down. Okay. So that is a well, good, good sign in, uh, in the month of January. There are some signs of improvement in private sector capex as is uh, seen through capacity utilization data mm -hmm. with the RBI has access to listed companies performance is doing better in terms of again better profitability right. uh, government capex is going strong services are uh, uh, normalizing so all these things have uh, resulted in an upgrade to growth projections for FY25 and that's not just true for RBI if you look at the international global agencies all of them over the last uh, couple of days have upped their projections for uh, India's uh, growth for FY25 OECD and even the credit rating agencies they have up the projections. So when we, we you and I have talked about uh, the GDP estimates and all of that quite a bit and in that the loan kind of uh, dismal figure was rural consumption right. and the agriculture sector. So if these things are happening, if sowing is better yeah. and if Narega job yeah. requirement demand is less, yes. 
then that's a very good sign for that's the economy. That's a very good right? sign. And even if you look at uh, some of the recent uh, surveys that have been conducted on uh, FMCG uh, mm. uh, financial performance, they are also saying that, you know, the gap between the rural demand and urban demand is bridging. Rural demand is picking up in terms of volume. So, I, I think there is, the consumption is either stable or it, it is improving. So, rural uh, demand is also seen to be uh, improving and it needs to be seen. But... Sitting as of today, if one has to make an assessment of the state of the economy, I think it is uh, resilient, it is strong, and that is the reason why the growth projection has been upped. Okay, and uh, now, as we mentioned in the beginning, this is the first monetary policy committee announcement after the interim budget. How does the fiscal discipline that you and I have also talked about and that we've seen in the interim budget, how does that affect the ability of the RBI to perform its functions and its responsibilities. Yeah. yeah, so monetary policy can now focus on its core mandate of inflation targeting, mm -hmm. given that the central government is, uh, is serious and, uh, you know, focused on aggressive path of fiscal consolidation. As we saw because, in the budget. Yeah, so because yeah. we've seen that from 5.8%, they are budgeting 5.1% of GDP as a right. fiscal deficit for the next financial year and going by that trajectory, the uh, medium term goal of 4.5% fiscal deficit mm -hmm. by FY26 looks quite achievable. So it bodes well for the conduct of monetary policy because if, you know, if they would have gone astray from their fiscal consolidation roadmap, it would have resulted in higher expenditure. Right, higher which... expenditure would have resulted in higher induced demand, higher fiscal expansion, and that could have made the task of monetary policy difficult. It Meaning it have, could have pushed inflation up. It could have pushed inflation up. It could have further delayed the cutting of interest rates. Right. So now uh, the trajectory of interest rates or the decision on when to cut the interest rate can solely be focused on inflation trajectory, right. given that the fiscal consolidation roadmap is being effectively managed by the central government and there are no spillover impact of those on the conduct of monetary policy. Right. So it's good. Like everybody it's good. is doing their job, job basically. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, now we have a question, actually a couple of questions from the audience. Uh, one of them is that in last year's budget, nominal GDP growth was estimated at 10.5%. But as per the advanced estimates given in the interim budget this year, nominal GDP growth is estimated at 888 what could be the reason for such a discrepancy in estimation? Yeah, so uh, when the budget uh, figures are announced, we have a projection for the uh, nominal GDP. Right. Now, that is just a projection uh, on the basis of certain assumptions. So that's a projection. But when we come to advanced estimates, more than eight to nine months of data we already have. I see. And then we get, get uh, an estimate for advanced, uh, we get an estimate for nominal GDP. Right. So, what the government had estimated at the time of presentation of budget last year was 10.5%. Mm -hmm. But what the advanced estimates uh, showed was that the nominal GDP growth was 8.9%. And the main reason for this was the uh, decline in the global commodity price. Right. Because when we see uh, what is the difference between the nominal GDP and the real GDP, that is being captured by GDP deflator. Right. right? So now, and GDP deflator is a combination of 
of wholesale price indices and the CPI, the consumer mm -hmm. price index. But it has a greater weightage of wholesale price index. WPI, right. WPI, which is accounting for the tradable inflation or the external inflation. So if the external inflation is coming down or if global international global commodity prices are coming down, as we saw WPI was, uh, it was negative, know, for, so negative for so many months, yeah. 12, 13 months in succession. Right. So when WPI is uh, in a contractionary zone, GDP deflator is bound to be lower right. and because almost 60% of the uh, GDP deflator is driven by WPI and if WPI is in the negative territory, GDP deflator will be lower. Which means and nominal, nominal growth will GDP be would be lower than what was uh, thought at the time of the presentation of the budget. So that is the main reason why this number is uh, was so off as compared to the nominal uh, GDP growth estimate at the time of uh, budget presentation. The budget. Okay. And a follow-on question uh, on that is that all I see on the internet is that India is exceeding its real GDP growth. But when inflation is high and nominal GDP growth is off by so much, how are we doing good on real GDP growth? What am I missing? He asks. No, again, the same point here, you know, right. that uh, firstly, inflation, if you look at CPI inflation, the last uh, for the December uh, number, it is 5.6%. And uh, if we see overall uh, CPI inflation, it is uh, projected to be 5.4% for the current financial right. year. So if we have uh, this as the uh, inflation, and again, again, when we talk about nominal GDP and real GDP, the difference should be uh, measured in terms of the WPI trajectory mm. and not so much through the CPI, the CPI. trajectory. Mm -hmm. So now that WPI is uh, slightly coming into the positive uh, territory, therefore, we are seeing that again, the nominal GDP is should be somewhere around 10 and a half percent. Right. So and for the next financial year, again, uh, if you see the inflation projection is 4%. Yes. Okay, 4.5%. So considering a real GDP growth of 6% or 7%, and growth of uh, an inflation of four and a half percent, nominal GDP growth would be somewhere around 10 and a half to 11 to percent. 11, yeah. And that is what has been projected for the uh, uh, the next financial year as well. So right. either it would be 10 and a half percent or it could be even higher at 11 percent. And that, that would again be good for other fiscal projections because Absolutely. fiscal projections will do better because your denominator is higher. It will again yeah. provide some kind of a uh, uh, support. So I think all in all, the nominal GDP growth estimate as of now mm -hmm. look reasonable, look correct because they are based on uh, what is happening to the growing the trajectory of both WPI and what is the projection for CPI in the coming year. Okay, so um, there you go. The What the RBI has done is that it's kept the the policy rate unchanged at 6.5%. Its stance also remains the same, but the changes lie in its commentary. The re, there's, there's one dissenter to the to rate decision. Uh, Jayant Verma basically says that uh, he feels the rate should have been cut by 25 basis points. Five other members said that it should remain unchanged. So it remained unchanged. On inflation, there is a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty still. And inflation still hasn't hit the 4% target that the RBI has and that they've been saying is their target. So until there is more certainty, the RBI is not likely to cut rates. The good thing is that the fiscal responsibility shown by the central government has allowed the RBI to now focus solely on inflation. And so any rate decisions it makes will be based 
on how inflation moves on growth some interesting things have been uh, uh, said and brought out by the rbi uh, the most important is that narega job demand came down in january and the basically the rural economy seems to be doing a little better than it was and now the thing is if you remember from our previous discussions it was the rural economy that was the sticking point it was it was the rural economy that was doing slower than we would have liked so seeing a recovery there is great news but uh, on that note that's all from us thank you so much for watching